Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Money for the Rest of Us. This is a personal finance show on money, how it works, how to invest it, and how to live without worrying about it. I'm your host, David Stein. Today is episode 322. It's titled, Why Currency Exchange Rates Matter. Hakan Bergelou, the chief executive of Arcelic, Europe's second largest home appliance manufacturer, was recently quoted in the New York Times as saying, We hedge everything. We don't take any currency risk. That's a principle we adopted a long time ago. It helps us management just focus on our business and not worry what happens in the currency market. Arcelic is based in Turkey. He is saying the company's business revenue, expenses, and income is not affected by fluctuations in the currency exchange rate between the Turkish lira and the euro, or between any other currencies in the countries Arsalik operates. Barat Alborak, President Recep Tayyip Erdogan's son-in-law, was Turkey's finance minister from 2018 until a few weeks ago. During his tenure, The Turkish lira lost 46% of its value relative to the U.S. dollar and the euro. Abarak said in September, For me, the exchange rates are not important at all. I don't look at that. Except he actually really did care. The Turkish government, in coordination with the Central Bank of the Republic of Turkey, has spent billions of its foreign currency reserves trying to keep the lira from weakening further. They've spent so much money that their foreign currency reserves, essentially their holdings of dollars and euros and other currencies, are down 40% this year. And their total net foreign currency assets, so their gross dollars and euros minus foreign liabilities and borrowings, is negative. They have run out of ammunition, said Aslam Tarici Sengol of Spin Consulting. This is an advisory group. If they continue like this, they may have no hard currency left. Now, most of us, including me, don't think much about exchange rates unless we are about to travel to a different country. But if your domestic currency has fallen 40% over a period of months or years, that will get your attention. If anything, because the cost of imports will be significantly higher. If a country's economy was completely domestic with all of its production, earnings, and spending taking place within its own borders, that nation wouldn't have to worry about exchange rates. But as soon as a country's households and businesses buy or sell goods and services from foreign companies or borrow money from foreign banks, then exchange rates make a big difference. Let's think about some of the financial flows, which are called the balance of payments, but look at it on an individual level. Let's say I run a bakery. As part of my business and my household, if I spend more on goods and services than I sell in bread and pastries, I'll run a deficit, a spending deficit. 
Let's call it a current account deficit. It's my daily inflows and outflows. If I have a shortfall, that deficit, I have to fund it somehow. I can take it out of savings, but if I don't have any savings, then I will need to raise the funds. I'll either have to borrow the money or I'll have to attract other investors into my business. Those are called capital flows or a capital account. So I have the current account, my daily spending and sales based on on goods and services, and I have the capital account, which is the investment flows, money I might invest if I ran a surplus. Or if I run a deficit, a current account deficit, then I need to take in those capital flows. And if I take in capital flows, that's called a capital account surplus. A good and services deficit needs to be offset by a capital account surplus. These same principles apply to a country. If a country, based on the individual decisions of households and businesses at the country level, imports more goods and services than it exports, then it runs a trade deficit or what's called a current account deficit. That country will need outside currency to fund that deficit. Let's say the deficit is completely in dollars. It needs dollars in order to pay for those goods and services because it ran a deficit. Those dollars can come from outside investors through capital flows, these investment flows, which is called the capital account. A country that exports more in goods and services is running a current account surplus. So it has extra foreign currency that it can then invest overseas. This is known as the balance of payments. It's an accounting identity. Current account deficits need to be offset by capital account surpluses. And current account surpluses are offset by capital account deficits. Currency exchange rates are what allow that balance of payments to not get out of line. It's the fluctuation in the currency that keeps this balance of payment in line so there aren't excesses. For example, if a domestic currency weakens, then imports will become more expensive for those households and businesses, which means they won't buy as much. And their exports, as they sell their product overseas, their exports will be cheaper for overseas buyers. And as a result, the country will import less, export more, and the current account deficit will narrow because the currency weakened. There was an adjustment in the exchange rate. Likewise, As that currency weakens, overseas investors in that country will see that their returns are lower because as they try to translate that domestic currency back into their home currency, they won't get as many, let's say, U.S. dollars when they do that translation and they convert it back. And so a country whose currency is weakening is a less attractive place to invest. Investors will pull money out and they'll put less in. And so the capital account surplus will narrow. And again, it's the exchange rate that allows that correction. Unfortunately, many countries, their governments, their central banks, don't allow their currencies to fluctuate or to prevent them from weakening. Because when they do weaken, again, import prices go up and that can lead to rising prices. It can lead to inflation. It can lead to a recession. It's not popular when a currency weakens. But these are necessary adjustments. In episode 297, this past May, we looked 
at Lebanon. This was before the catastrophic explosion at Beirut's port on August 4th. Lebanon pegged the Lebanese pound to the dollar for decades. But there was pressure for that Lebanese pound to weaken, and so the Lebanese central bank would borrow dollars from commercial banks in order to sustain that currency peg. Lebanon was running a huge current account deficit that needed to be offset by capital flows, dollars coming in. The commercial banks would pay above-average interest rate to try to attract those dollar deposits, and then the Lebanese central bank would borrow those dollars in order to sell them in the currency exchange market and buy the Lebanese pound in order to strengthen the currency. This went on for years. But if people believe the peg can't hold, that the current account deficit is too great, that the Lebanese central bank wouldn't be able to get a hold of enough dollars to prop up the currency, then there's pressure. We saw that in the black market for the Lebanese pound. It went from 1,500 pounds per dollar to 1,600 to 1,750 pounds. And recently, it was at 9,000 Lebanese pound per dollar. But the central bank has never officially dropped its peg. Can you imagine that? The official exchange rate is still 1500 to the dollar. If you actually tried to exchange the Lebanese pound into dollars, you would need 9,000 of them for $1. Inflation has skyrocketed to 120% year over year in August. Even if an individual tries to withdraw their dollars from the bank, the rate that they get The official rate is 3,900 pounds to the dollar. Better than the black market rate, but much worse than the official rate. And people have been willing to do that. Cash in circulation in Lebanon is up 274% year over year as people want dollars because they're worried about the Lebanese pound weakening further. Turkey is much bigger than Lebanon. 83 million individuals live in Turkey. Turkey is bordered by a lot of different countries. Greece, Bulgaria, Georgia, Armenia, Azerbaijan, Iran, Iraq, Syria. About 70 to 80% of the country's citizens identify as Turkish and about 15 to 20% as Kurds. Its economy is about $700 billion nominal GDP. 20th in the world, similar to Switzerland and Saudi Arabia. I've never been to Turkey. I always thought it odd that Turkey, that many of us will have for the U.S. Thanksgiving holiday, Turkey the bird is named after the country Turkey. As an aside, I looked into that. The turkey is actually native to North America. But hundreds of years ago, Turkish traders brought back a bird to Europe from West Africa, and they called it a turkey. But there actually are no turkeys in Turkey itself. The bird that looks like a turkey is actually called a Hindi because Turks thought it originated in India. But in India, the turkey is called the turkey. I got this from an article in The Atlantic by Zach Goldheimer. He wrote, Turkey the bird is native to North America, but turkey the word is a geographic mess, a tribute to the vagaries of colonial trade and conquest. So it's not just goods and services that get traded. It's words, and they spread around it, which is why very few countries are completely domestic with regards to production of goods and services and where those goods and services are sold and what is bought, which is why currency exchange rates matter. But Turkey is also in a mess right now. 
As I mentioned, their currency is weakening. And one thing that can exacerbate a crisis is if a country's central bank doesn't adjust their interest rates to hopefully strengthen the currency by raising their policy rate, which will flow through to other longer-term interest rates, that can attract more capital into a country. And that capital can hopefully keep the currency from weakening further. A big contributor to the, the lira crisis in Turkey was interest rates too low and too much borrowing. Earlier this year, in order to combat the economic slowdown due to the COVID-19 pandemic, state-run banks in Turkey flooded the market with cheap loans. There was a credit boom, the biggest in a decade, which means households and businesses got access to capital, much of which got spent on imports. And it led to a huge current account deficit. There was more goods and services coming in than there were being exported. The current account deficit as a percent of GDP got to over 20%. About a year ago, it wasn't that bad because two years ago, in 2018, Turkey also had a crisis with the lira where it was weakening dramatically and the central bank raised rates extremely high. But they didn't do it this time. Yet. And as a result, foreign investors got concerned and they started pulling capital out and that weakened the currency even further. There's also been geopolitical risk. Turkey has had disputes with Greece. Turkey has occupied portions of northeastern Syria and has invaded some of Iraq. It's intervened in Libya's civil war. President Erdogan said that he's fulfilling a promise to, quote, go and confront problems wherever they nest. Inflation in Turkey due to the weakening lira is up 12% year over year. But the policy rate for the Central Bank of Turkey is only 8.25%. That's down from 24% about a year ago to fight the last currency crisis. What's different about Turkey, though, is their national debt is much lower. Only about 29% of gross domestic product compared to 150% for Lebanon. Yet 40% of businesses in Turkey have loans in foreign currency. So as the currency weakens, it becomes more difficult for those companies to pay back those loans. Even though the debt balances are low, Moody's downgraded Turkey's national debt. They wrote in the report, the country's institutions appear to be unwilling or unable to effectively address these challenges. President Erdogan responded to Moody's, do what you want to do. Your ratings are of no importance. Before we continue, let me pause and share some words from this week's sponsors. If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, you know they shut down several months ago. Well, let me tell you about the budgeting solution, the financial tracking solution I've been using for the past number of months. It's Monarch Money. Monarch Money is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets like I've done. You can set goals, collaborate with your partner. And now you can get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com David. What I like about Monarch is the ability to customize what I want to see. I have custom budget categories, and then I can go on to the dashboard and see where I'm above trend on some of my spending. I especially like that Monarch will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. 
After trying Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com David. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash David for your extended 30-day free trial. We have a brand new sponsor to our show. It's Yahoo Finance. Yahoo's been around for decades. My first email outside of work was a Yahoo email address. But the financial side, I've used on occasion primarily to get data for dividend histories for particular funds or ETFs. But I was pleasantly surprised to get back on Yahoo Finance to see how it's evolved over the years. Now it's really a financial dashboard where you can get an understanding of what's going on with the markets. There are relevant articles from Bloomberg, Reuters, the Associated Press, and the Yahoo Finance team. You can look at the economic events calendar and see which data series are being released that day and what the consensus is. You can see the pulse of the markets at any time by going to Yahoo Finance. In addition, you could see all of your investments in retirement accounts in one place. With Yahoo Finance, you get a consolidated view of multiple accounts. Yahoo Finance serves as a financial hub for your retirement accounts, but also comprehensive financial news and analysis. You need to check out Yahoo Finance, particularly if you haven't been there in a while. Check it out at yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Now, I'll be the first to admit that current account deficits, capital account surplus exchange rates can get very complicated. I find it easiest to just reflect on it personally. So what happens if I run a spending deficit? I spend more than I receive in income. I need to fund that through some type of capital flows, either borrowing money or people giving me money or investing in what I do or my business. Countries work the same way. Current accounts that need to be funded through capital accounts. As citizens, though, how are those in Turkey responding? One quote in the New York Times, the individual mentioned how everything was just so much more expensive. But one of the things you're seeing being imported is gold. In 2020 through August, gold imports were up 153% compared to 2019. $15 billion. Huge increase in gold trading volumes because why? Individuals in Turkey want to hold some monetary asset besides the lira. Osgur Anik, general manager at Ozak Precious Metal, was quoted in the Wall Street Journal as saying, I've been at the bazaar in Istanbul where they trade gold for 20 years and I've never experienced that. The huge jump in trading as individuals demand gold. Now, there's a lot going on in Turkey. I have no idea how that'll turn out, but it's another example like Lebanon of how a huge current account deficit, a deficit in goods and services, more imports and exports can lead to a financial crisis. Even in Turkey, you're starting to see the Central Bank of Turkey. There's reports that it's trying to borrow dollars from banks in order to support the currency. In the same way, Lebanon's Central Bank has and that didn't end well. What about the U.S.? The U.S. dollar is the reserve currency. It's unique because if it's the reserve currency, other central banks and businesses want to hold that currency. They need the dollars that they want to hold. 
And the only way for those dollars to flow around the world is if the U.S. runs a current account deficit. It imports more than it exports. And it imports and sends dollars overseas. Robert Triffin is a Belgian economist, and he developed what's known as the Triffin Dilemma or the Triffin Paradox. He pointed out that a country who has the reserve currency is not able to peg their currency to gold or to something else because at the end of the day, they have to run a current account deficit. More dollars need to be created. That puts pressure on the currency relative to gold. And as a result, in 1971, the U.S. officially left the gold standard to where the dollar wasn't tied to anything anymore. Now, the dollar hasn't had the type of crisis that we're seeing with the Lebanese pound or the Turkish lira because there's still demand to hold dollars, to invest in the U.S. Treasury market, to invest in other dollar-denominated assets. There's a demand to trade goods and services and denominate those transactions in the dollar and the accounting record in the dollar. Not that the dollar couldn't run into issues in the years ahead, which means that as individuals in the U.S. as well as other countries, we need to take some actions to be aware of what's going on with exchange rates and these principles. The first thing we need to do is be aware of our own personal balance of payments. Are we running a spending deficit, a current account deficit that needs to be funded somehow? Are we taking on too much debt? I was thinking about a friend the other day that back during the great financial crisis had too much debt. He had real estate properties, but debt was being called and he was forced to sell. He was our next door neighbor and all his properties were for sale and they sold the house that was next to us. We were sorry to see them leave, but he learned that you can't have too much debt. He had a balance of payment crisis. We need to be aware of our currency exposure. It should be rare that we borrow funds in some other currency if our income is coming in our domestic currency. That could lead to a potential problem if our domestic currency weakens and then we're having to pay back debt in some other currency. When we invest overseas, let's say your non-domestic stock market, you can do so on a currency hedged basis to where any fluctuations in your home currency versus other currencies doesn't impact your investment returns. You would be like the company Arsalik, where you don't have any currency risk. So what happens with your investing isn't impacted by currency fluctuations. Most people don't do that. They invest overseas and they're willing to take any fluctuations in currencies will impact their returns. I have some of both and the model portfolios have some of both. They have currency hedged and non-currency hedged. Most is not hedged, but it's something that we need to be aware of because it does impact our returns. We should consider monetary diversification. Perhaps own some gold or cryptocurrencies. I've made this point several times this year, and it's just a recognition that things can happen to your home currency, which is why the fourth thing we need to do is to pay attention. What happened in Lebanon and Turkey and other countries, it doesn't necessarily happen overnight. 
we can be aware of whether our country is running a huge current account deficit that has to be funded, that potentially is putting downward pressure on our currency, and hopefully take actions to protect ourselves before the currency weakens or gets devalued. Which means we have to understand these complex principles of balance of payments. Think about it in terms of your personal finances, your spending deficit or your, your surplus being offset by your own personal capital flows with regards to increases of debt or lowering your debt balances. It applies to countries. Just be aware of what's going on in the home currency where the bulk of your income and assets are. Finally, I am just amazed at how households and businesses adapt to any crisis. Citizens of Lebanon and Turkey, they will overcome. In the past three days, as we have been in the Phoenix and Tucson area, I've noticed trucks and trailers packed with used bicycles. And I had to think for a minute, why are there so many used bicycles on these trucks? And you realize that with the pandemic, Individuals are are worried about taking public transportation. And new bikes sales are up over 80% year over year. And there's some shortages. And so some opportunistic entrepreneurs are finding used bikes around the country and shipping them to places where they can be fixed. And there's a demand, particularly cities like LA or others, and they're being opportunistic. Yes, currency exchange rates matter. These balance of payments matter. At the end of the day, it's what we choose to do individually and to take advantage of opportunities that arise and be aware of risks that are out there. That then is episode 322. Thanks for listening to the episode. If you would like to become a better investor, there's two ways I can help. First, consider signing up for my free email newsletter, The Insider's Guide. This is where I'll share with you expert insight on money, investing, and the economy in written form, some of the best writing I do each week. You can sign up for that at moneyfortherestofus.com. A second way to become a better investor is to become a member of Money for the Rest of Us Plus. This community is for serious investors that want to access professional-grade portfolio tools, training, and a community to build an institutional-quality investment portfolio and adapt it as market conditions evolve over time. We would love to have you as a member, and you can learn more at moneyfortherestofus.com. Everything I've shared with you in this episode has been for general education. I've not considered your specific risk situation. I've not provided investment advice. This is simply general education on money, investing, and the economy. Have a great week.